0: Welcome to episode 42 of The Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Nathan, it's great to have you back again. You're still kind of on the road, but you've taken some time to call in today so that we could work on this podcast. I hope you're having a good break.
1: Yeah, I missed everybody. So I didn't I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row. So uh, here I am. I don't have my microphone. I'm using my headset. So hopefully my audio is still sounding decent enough. People can understand what I'm saying.
0: Well, we'll do our best here, and it's great to have you back. So it's good that you're back because our topic today was actually inspired by a book that you read last year and what is now showing up on Hulu as a
1: movie. Uh, What book did you read and what was the topic? Well, Tim, the book is called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. And it was an absolutely fascinating book about a company called Theranos and it's CEO Elizabeth Holmes. Now, I'm not going to be a spoiler and I don't want I don't want to ruin the book or the movie for you. So, I'm not going to give a bunch of details, but let's suffice to say that there are some things that we can learn about today's topic, which is transparency.
0: Well, when we do an episode like this, we always want to try to take a little time to define this topic that we're talking about. So, how how are we going to define transparency today, Nathan?
1: Well, you know, I, I, transparency is one of those things where, you know, you think everybody knows what transparency is, but then when you get to talking about it, sometimes it means different things for different people. But uh, for today, for our discussion today, we're going to be talking about transparency, uh, free from deceit, um, readily understood and another uh, quick definition is characterized by visibility or accessibility of information, especially concerning business practices. And of course, in our case, it'd be nonprofit business practices.
0: That one probably is the one that we lead in most for our, for our discussion today. Before we dive in a little deeper, Nathan, do you think that um, transparency is exactly the same for each organization or or could it vary from organization to organization?
1: You know, in my experience, Tim, um, I think it's different uh, for each organization. The, the culture of the organization, the makeup of the board, the experience or, or the personality of the executive director, um, staff and volunteers, every organization is going to be different. And so I think that does make every situation different, which would make transparency different. However, that said, I don't think there's going to be huge differences from one organization to another, but I do think how that plays out would be different um, from one organization to the next.
0: Well, it occurs to me, too, that the executive director as kind of the primary person that's leading the organization under the board, sets the pace, sets the, the environment, I guess, for how transparency takes place um, the things that they share, if they're a closed person, then that's going to kind of permeate the culture. But if you're more of an open person, then that seems to be picked up by others in the organization. So, and I think generally, generally being transparent and open is usually more positive than trying to keep everything so close.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And, And the more transparent, um, you know, as leaders, we can be without going off the deep end of, you know, there's the, the, the transparency of sharing every little tiny, you know, detail. Um, that's probably too much the other way. But I think that having an executive director that is open, that is transparent, that is, you know, can throw ideas out there without being upset if somebody disagrees or has feedback. I, I mean, that's all good for the organization and for the people that are connected to it.
0: You've put together a, a maybe a case study or at least an example that we can talk about, and then begin to talk about how how we communicate, what's transparency in our communication in, these, in this setting. So why don't you jump in and uh, and talk us through? It that situation
1: so today what we decided to do is instead of saying okay transparency number one transparency number two transparency number three we thought we'd put out a little case study and so we'll kind of set a set a study here or set a, a situation and then talk through what does it mean to be transparent to different stakeholders to board members or to staff or volunteers or to donors Um, So kind of make it a a little different. So here's our situation that we're gonna uh, use for today. So let's assume um, that our organization has a building where we do most of our programming. And this building is in decent shape. You know, it's it's getting to be a little older, uh, but it's still pretty good. Uh, And it's starting to show some signs uh, of aging. So you, as the happy executive director of your organization, you are on your way to work and you're driving because we're now post-COVID and we get to go back to work if we want. And so you're driving and you're, you're thinking about all the things that an executive director would be thinking about on their way to work, um, like the board meeting agenda that you need to finish up for next week. Or the revenue numbers are starting to fall behind just a little bit, and you, you realize that you really do need to get out and call those two or three of your best donors and, and have a conversation with them. And, and then all of a sudden, you're thinking that you really have got to get that new staff person hired, and you just you've got to get it done. And so today, I'm going to finish that job description. I know it's been hanging over me for two weeks, but today's the day I'm going to get that job description done today. So you walk into the front door, you've got all of the things in your mind, all the things you're ready to hit your day, and your volunteer maintenance director meets you at the door and says, we have a major problem. Ugh. Okay, what's the problem? Well, your maintenance director, your maintenance person takes you to show you that a major portion of ceiling tile has fallen right into the middle of the floor you have a water leak in the roof. All right, well, there goes your day of planning, of calling donors and getting job descriptions done. So, all right, so the first thing you do is you call the roofing people um, and you need them to come out and take a look at it and define what the issue is for you. So thank goodness they've got some time, which that doesn't usually happen to them, but in our situation today, we're just gonna say that it does. And out they come and they take a look at the roof and, you know, it's, it's not good. Um, there's probably $20,000 of, uh, of repair that needs to be done. They can address the, the hole in the roof that dropped the ceiling tile. They can fix that today and at least get you through. But they're really recommending in the next, you know, no more than six months that uh, you be, you're going to be spending $20,000 to fix this roof. And that's going to be a chunk out of your $200,000 budget for the year. All right. So that's our situation. We've got a bad roof. We need to fix it. It's going to be a $20,000 fix. And our total budget is $200,000. So we're talking 10% of our, of our total budget. All right. So let's walk through transparency to three different groups of people. Uh, first one's going to be our board. So your board, they need to know when there is, for sure, there's other things that they need to know, but at the very least, they need to know when there is going to be a significant budget impact or a significant program interruption or changed programming. That is, that is automatically a time where you need to be transparent to your board. Uh, and so I think the, the first thing I would do, Tim, I'd be interested in, in what your thoughts are after this. But I think for, for me, if I was this executive director, the first thing I would do as soon as I as soon as I got the report back, I think once I knew that the that the roof theme people were coming that day, I would wait until they came and gave me an initial indication of what we've got. And then I would reach out either to my board president or if I had an executive committee, I might do the executive committee. I'm not sure, depending on what your situation is. But that would be my very first uh, move uh, to the board is letting them know, hey, we've had a hole in the roof. You know, We had that hard rain last night. We had, you know, this is what's happened. Um, the, our roofing people have come out. This is their initial, uh, initial thought. Um, just, you know, just communicating with you so that you know this is where we're at. Um, and then what I would do is I would ask the board, cause remember I'm staff, I'm not board. So I would let the executive or let the board president or the executive committee know. Then my next question is, would be, what do you want me to do with the board? Do you want me to communicate with them? Or do you want me to wait? That That is how I would be transparent with my board. Uh, Tim, I don't know what, what are you similar or do you have another thought on that?
0: Well, I think what I, what I would do is, um, and again, it, it kind of comes down to several layer, layers of communication. The idea of who who's in charge to making this, to taking care of this, and fixing it. Who's ultimately accountable? Who do we need to to consult with, and who just needs to be informed? Uh, you know. So, in terms of the board, um, I I think your approach is good. Letting, especially, know the the chairperson of the board or the executive committee, let them know that we have an issue. We have a problem and that you are getting the information you're working on it. And I think what I would do is I'd let them know that we have a problem and that you would be coming to them with some thoughts and ideas. The the board isn't going to necessarily, they're not going to fix, fix that What they're going to do is they're going to they're going to say, "Okay, we will approve you spending twenty thousand dollars. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you're not expecting the board to actually figure out how to do it. I think the board is probably looking to you to present a plan. Would would you agree on that? Yeah, 100
1: percent. And I think the. One thing that that you you never want your board members to get blindsided or surprised, and so I, in this scenario, if you had a, a board member that was you know in the local coffee shop and they you know a, 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 an acquaintance that they had or or a colleague or something that was a donor of the organization came up and said, "Oh hi, board member," and. And, you know, they had a conversation and the donor said, oh, you know, what's going on at XYZ organization? And, you know, the board members, said, oh, you know, everything's good, blah, blah, blah. And then the donor says, oh, well, you know, I heard you got a $20,000 <laughs> hole in your roof. Uh, you know, that that's that's something that you don't want your board members. You want them to know what what's happening. Yeah. But, yeah, I did, to your point, Tim, I, I absolutely would um, recommend that after you let them know that it's happening, then, you know, then it's your job as the executive director. W- once the hole is there, that's a staff job to fix that. Right. Um, well, not to get up on the roof and actually fix it. But, uh, you know, it's our job to, to get some estimates and, and make a decision of, you know, who's going to fix it and how that's all going to happen. Then report back to the board saying, OK, here's, you know, we had a we had a hole. We've had it looked at. We've had three recommendations. This is the one that we're going to go with. This is what it's going to cost. You know, I've already talked to the finance committee, they feel the money can come from here. And, you know, and so you're leading the board through the process, just kind of communicating to them so they know what's happening along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I do think, Tim, my only caveat to that would be, is if you had a board member who was a actual, you know, uh, repaired, you know, was a was a owned a roofing company, well, then yeah, I would I would go to that board member for their expertise and say hey, can you come look at this? Or um, so I, I think that would be the only caveat to that.
0: I really appreciate you also reminding us again, the worst one of the worst things you can do is to blindside the board or let them find out something that needs to come directly from you. And so, board should be in almost every situation should be one of your first stops when you have to communicate something, I, th- I think I've shared this on another podcast, but it may have been early on in our, in our sharing, but uh, one of the th- bosses that I used to work for um, he used to do a thing called Monday memo that he sent out to the board every Monday. And it was basically just some brief thoughts of things that he was thinking about things that he was seeing challenges that, that could lie ahead And I think just by communicating what was in his head and what he was thinking about and what was going on, it, it, and that level of transparency, I think built trust with the rest, with the board members that they could, they knew they were kind of in the loop. They weren't being blindsided by things. So that may be something. Now this is a very specific, what we're talking about here is a very specific situation, but that kind of a communication Vehicle can help build trust and transparency with your with your board.
1: Yeah, and I I think uh, along with that, your board by being transparent with them, so that they understand what's happening and when it's happening. You, you know, if you've done a good job of recruiting your board members and you've brought on specific skill sets, and and uh, that will help the organization be more efficient, and effective, and run better, and and, you know, do a better job of reaching its vision and mission, then you also will have board members. They're there to help you. And they're there to, to, to well, A, to keep you from running the organization off the cliff. You know, that's one of the things that the board members are there for. But they're also in times like this to help you think, you know, and, you know, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? What about this? And sometimes as an executive director, that could be, you um, uh, I don't want to say annoying. That's not the right word. But it, you know, sometimes, sometimes that that's that's uh, difficult. Other times, in situations like this, it can be really assuring to know. Okay, I don't have to make a ten percent of the budget decision by myself. I have people that I can lean on that will help me figure this out. And that that is a role of the board to when you need them to play that role. All right, so our next one that we're going to do is let's talk about a little bit about staff and volunteers. And so, in this case, in this conversation, I'm treating staff, I have staff slash volunteers. So, you know, a lot of organizations, small to medium organizations, you'll, you may or may not have staff. You may or may not have volunteers serving in traditional staff roles. So, we're going to lump them together as staff volunteers. And I think the big thing for them when it comes to transparency for your staff and volunteers. Is anything that will impact how they do their work? Uh, and you know, the, the first thing staff is want to know when they find out that there's a you know this gaping hole in the ceiling where you can look up and see the sun. Uh, hopefully, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is how is it going to impact their work? You know, it, are they going to have to stop doing something, or are they going to have to start doing something in addition to? You know, what about safety issues for the people that we serve? If we have clients coming in. How is it going to impact their safety? You know, anything that impacts how they do their programming, how they do their work, that are all that is all things that your staff and volunteers are going to need to know, and that you're going to need to talk to them about. And um, you know, I don't think I don't think that they need to know every single detail. Of you know, I think I mentioned it before. You know, what are the three companies that we're going to have come in and, and do the estimate? That that level of of uh, transparency is not relevant to them uh, at the time, and so they, I don't think it's that big of an issue for them. Uh, but if you're going to have to change a you know a program that takes place in this room is now going to have to take place in another room, well, you know that's going to impact things. And so those are that's the type of transparency we have to sit down with your staff and. Have the conversation and okay, this is what's going to happen one, two, three, four, five, and here's how we're going to adjust through it. Um, And so I think that's really important.
0: Nathan, I'm curious, would you communicate this is a $20,000
1: hit? No, I would not. Um, Now I answered that pretty quickly. Let me actually think about that for a second. No, I don't think I would. I think. You know, ultimately, they're probably going to find out about it anyway. But I don't. I, now, if it comes up, if somebody asks me, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't not answer the question. Uh, but I probably wouldn't lead with it or have it in the uh, have it in the outline. Uh, you know, of my conversation that I would have with staff. Staff, especially program staff, doesn't usually think that way. Um,
0: well, if I was a, if I was a program staff and I knew this was a significant issue. I would be wondering, how does this impact my program in terms of, am I going to have to cut back? Do I need to change the program? Can we afford both things? Do I need to cut some things out?
1: What about my paycheck?
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, so it it would be good. Again, not every single detail, but, you know, it's just curious. Like, how much do we need to share kind of to reassure them as well as, hey, guys this is going to have a, have an impact. I'm just being upfront with you. Not sure what it is. We'll talk about it, but yeah.
1: And I, like I I don't think having that conversation is, is wrong for sure. I, I think that would be, and especially if that's, if, if as a staff, um, you know, you've had those conversations in the past, then that would be, that would be consistent with that. Um, you know, I think I would probably make mention, you know, Hey, I've been in contact with the board on this. They're aware of that. You know, we we are. It is going to have a financial impact for sure, uh, and we're starting to. You know, we don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, so yeah, I I I I think that that conversation is definitely uh, reasonable to have. Um, and then you know, if somebody asks specifically, well, do you know how much this is going to cost? Then you know, it, it's it's generally, Tim, it's generally not good to lie. Uh, so you know, we try to. I try to avoid lying as best I can.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think that has something to do with transparency, right? <laughs> Sounds like an oxymoron there, right?
1: <laughs> but yeah, in the same way with the board and anybody else, if anybody ever asked me a point-blank question, then I answer the question. You know, I just may not go into all the deep details. Right. Uh, but if somebody says, what you know? What are the three companies that we've had given estimate? Well, then, you know, I'll give them the three companies. It's not a secret. So our donors. Uh, so that's our third group. And I think from a donor standpoint, what the donor is looking for is they are funding our organization because for some reason, whatever it is, um, they believe that we are changing lives and saving lives and we're making an impact and they have chosen to be part of what we're doing. All right, that that's why donors write checks. So when it comes to the point where our ability to change lives, save lives, impact lives—if that is—if that is altered, any, then that is fair game to be sharing with our donors to, to stay transparent. Um, and um, so the, so how you communicate and what you communicate with your donors is definitely something that you need to be thinking about.
0: So this is a significant issue when you take twenty thousand dollars and you compare that to the fact that we have a two hundred thousand dollar budget. So that's a huge deal and will probably require some extra fundraising that you maybe hadn't expected. So letting your donors know we've got this issue and you put it out there, I think is really important. If your water cooler breaks in the break room, that's probably not something you're going to run out and just put that in your newsletter. I don't think, you know, but when you're talking about such a significant, um, issue, then, that, then definitely you want your donors to be aware that, like you say, this could impede or impact the work that we are doing, our mission and all that. So we want you to be aware of it because you do have a stake in, in what we do.
1: Yeah. And, and I, that's a good question, Tim. And I, I, you know, I have those same questions sometimes. Um, and I can think back to specific times in my career, we've had some major thing happen where we were going to have to go out and fundraise specifically. Uh, for it, because it was, it would just override our budget if we didn't. Um, and I think, you know, one of the definitions that we talked about earlier was being readily understood, and, and I think that comes into into play here. Um, and I think the the level of transparency, um, if you have a donor who, you know, has never managed property before maybe you know lived in an apartment their whole life or you know just never had a lot of 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 managing let's just say managing a property their level of detail that we talk about and share is very different i think i used this example already is of you know if you have a donor who's a, a property manager and and has you know 37 major buildings that they that they manage well okay now that person is an expert in the situation that you have and so that level of detail and information is way different than somebody who's never dealt with this type of, of thing at, at all. And you know, I've had conversations in the past where I've gone to a donor, um, and you know, it wasn't for a roof; it was for something else. But you know, basically, the conversation was, "Hey, we've had a leak on the roof. Uh, we're gonna. It, it's a major issue. It's gonna be. It's it's really gonna hurt us this year." And the donor says, "How much do you need?" And I said. I can't remember the dollar amount, it was 10 or 20 or 30, whatever it was. Uh, And they said, okay, I'll have a check in the mail tomorrow. Um, It was really that simple. Now that doesn't always, well, that very seldom happens, but it does, but it can happen. And so I think the, um, the level of conversation that you have with these donors, you have the conversation with all of them, but you have it at different levels of depth, and, and always remember that your donor, what the donor really wants to do is save lives and transforms lives. They, they are less worried about the building. They're less worried about staffing issues. They're less worried about whether the air conditioner works or not. They, they know in the back of their head, they know those things are all important. But what they really care about is the output, the end result. How are we changing lives? Now, where you can connect those dots is when your ability to output, your your ability to change and save lives, is being impacted or impeded by whatever is in front of you. Then the donor will get excited about that and say, "Oh, well, you know, you can't operate if you've got a big gaping hole in the roof." Um, So now the donor can put that together, and you can have that conversation.
0: How much is credibility involved in some of those conversations? So, for example. I wouldn't think in, this, in our situation, I wouldn't necessarily be expecting you to say, well, we went to ABC company, we went to DEF company, we went to, you know, whatever the next letters are, you know, we went to each one of those, they came, they looked out, they did all. And finally, the low bid was $20,000, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't expect you to go into all that detail, but you, made, you might say something like, or I guess I'm asking, credibility. Yes, we take this seriously. We've had three quotes, and we have come up with twenty thousand dollars. So, what you're saying is, I didn't just write this. I didn't just come up with this on my own. I actually did some research, you know. And and again, I'm kind of thinking out loud, but you know, when it comes to donors, how much that initial communication needs to communicate credibility, and then if people want to go down the rabbit hole, then you might have some of those questions, but. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking out loud with that.
1: No, no, no. I I think, I think that's really valid. And it it goes back to what level of relationship have you had with the donor and have you gone through these things before? Have you, you know, have you, I don't know if the word's proven yourself, but have you, have you had moments of crisis and you've worked through them before? And so the donor knows, okay, yeah, This 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 person they understand they I know that they know what they're doing, and so if he says you know that I need twenty thousand dollars to do this, I trust that to be the case. Um, That's a pretty strong, that's a deep level of connection with your donors. You don't always have that level of of connection with your donors. It may be with with the particular donor, and I've I've done this before. You you have a donor come down, invite them down, say this is what we're dealing with. Uh, invite them to come down and and get up on the roof with you. Uh, Now, they may or may not take you up on it. They may or may not know what they're looking at. Some of them might do it just because they're interested to see what what the hole looks like on the roof. But I I think you have to tailor that conversation to that level of connection that you have with the donor uh, at at any given time.
0: Uh, Transparency is somewhat subjective, depending on who you're talking to. Is that Is that a fair statement? It's not like I'm hiding something from someone, or I'm not saying everything. But the amount of information you're going to give to different people in this process, it may be different from person to person, or from entity to entity. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, and I would agree with you. That is a true statement. It it is transparency. Truths is truth, right? And 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 what. We, we don't want to alter from that, but the level of, of transparent communication that we have with different people is different based on the situation. Yes.
0: But we remain, we remain open and share what we can. So we have a certain level we start with. And if people continue to ask detailed questions we can go as far as we want, but we don't have to throw the whole thing. at You know, the whole, the whole thing right there. It's, it's, what do people need to know in their level of accountability or responsibility or their involvement in helping solve the issue is probably a question that we think about when we're communicating. One other point, um, Nathan, that I wanted to communicate as well is the fact that um, sometimes, depending on what kind of a situation you're in, depending on what kind of issue you're talking about, um, can also be impacted by legal guidelines and, and so what you communicate can be impacted by that. So there are certain things like um, there are HR issues. Uh, so you you know HIPAA laws come into conversation and and other other forms of information that you would give about em- employees or even volunteers, you have to make sure that you're communicating in ways that that fit legal guidelines when you put stuff out there, or again, financial issues, you know, the board has fiduciary responsibilities, so you can't hide, you can't hide financial information from your board. They are responsible for it and they need to be able to have what they need to make correct decisions. And so legally that is, that is responsible. And I don't, I don't say that to scare you, but to encourage you to be aware of those kind of things.
1: Yeah. And I think one area just on that very topic is your bylaws and it, it is so easy to get out of whack with your bylaws and um, you could be, you could become, I don't know, Tim, what is, what is not transparent? Is that anti-transparent or untransparent? What would that, what would that be? Non-transparent? I'm not, I'm not sure what that is, Tim, but you could become any one of those three, whatever's proper grammar, really, really quickly by not being, uh, in, uh, in line with your bylaws. And I don't, I don't know about our our listeners, but for me, I have to force myself every once in a while. And I actually do this like once a month, I will sit down with my favorite beverage and it's, it's not, it's not exciting reading, but read your bylaws, know what they say, know when it applies. And and just have it in the front of your mind, not the back of your mind, um, because it's really easy to be untransparent when it comes to your bylaws.
0: We'd love to hear from you to tell us which one of those words is actually correct. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to drop us a note. We would love to know. Well, Nathan, we've kind of jumped around a little bit today. We focused on transparency, uh, being honest and open in our communication Trying to uh, understand what we communicate to different stakeholders in our in our work, um, and I think it's I think it's pretty good. There's a lot we've put out there for us to think about and ask how we how we uh, how we need to be doing this. So,
1: any final words that you have uh, about yeah, that? Yeah, I think my last thing would be if you're gonna err, if you're gonna if you're gonna either be too transparent or not transparent enough, if you're gonna make a mistake. Make the mistake on being over or, or too transparent. Um, I think nonprofits function best when there's good, robust communication. And so if you're gonna make a mistake, make it make it by giving too much information, not enough. Uh, you won't you won't get yourself in a in a in a difficult spot if you over-communicate versus under-communicate.
0: Well, thanks, Nathan, for putting some of this together and diving into this conversation. And We hope it's helpful. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate you showing up. Uh, If you're benefiting from what's being shared on this podcast, we would like to ask you to share that link with someone else who might benefit as well and encourage them to, to check it out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, let us know what the correct word is when it comes to a lack of transparency. We'd love to hear from you. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. And that's all for today. Until next time.